Cutting through the matrix, and it's the it's the first of September, two thousand and ten. First of September, amazing, eh? Bad month too, of course. Lots of things can happen this month, as we well know. But um, I suggest that the newcomers look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I do this every night to make sure, because so many people, it's surprising, um, see me elsewhere and other other shows and other sites. And they don't know the original sites that I have. They're up there all the time. And uh, if you go into cuttingthreemeters.com and bookmark them, you can always download the latest shows for free. And there's hundreds of them to choose from on the whole big variety of what you think is reality. And I try to explain what reality is and whose reality it is. Because, you see, at the bottom, we're given a different one from those in the middle and from those, again, at the top as well. That's how the world is run, is governance, they call it. And uh, the ones in the middle, they really just manage ones at the bottom. The ones above uh, just make sure that everything runs the way they want it to go. You always plan the future if you own a big business, and these guys own all the international corporations, and they own the planet as well. So I try to give you uh, a lot of information to put it all together for yourselves. What you do with it is up to you, of course. Because technically, as long as we live in their system, we're bound to their system, and they know this as well. Now, bookmark the other sites you'll see listed there for future use, because sometimes a comm site gets overloaded or goes down. And also, uh, remember, too, that you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on uh, guests who are generally advertisers. That's how the hosting works, who pay the the host to bring lucratively, too, to come on. So I depend upon you to keep me going. It's up to yourselves as well. I don't really care one way or another, to be honest with you. Uh, I try to give you the straight facts, and I don't hype it or glamorize it or blow it out of all proportions. I just tell you what it is. So if you want to order the books and so on I have for sale, which keep me going, you can go into cuttingfromates.com, see how much they are, and you can use cash, remember, as, as some people still use cash and send that in the mail it gets through. You can use an international postal order from the post office from the U.S. You can use a personal check as well from the U.S. Uh, You can use um, MoneyGram, Western Union, across the rest of the world, cash. PayPal, too, remember, too, for donations and to purchase, if you wish. Just send a separate email after the PayPal and put your name and address and the order on it, and I'll get it out to you as fast as I can. And all these sites you'll see listed in cuttingthroughmates.com, bookmark them as I say. Remember, they all have the same audios for download. Uh, they all have English translations of a lot of the talks I've given for print up as well. And if you want print up in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and you'll find them there. Uh, print them up, pass them around to your friends. Because this is a global takeover in reality, you see that they already were pretty well there even before World War II came along. 
but with scientific training and indoctrination and the creation of the new generations because generations are given their culture every few years for the next bunch coming up. Uh, and they're always bent a little bit more from the previous culture into the new culture. They get, they're actually conditioned to accept it without even knowing about it. They're conditioned through scientific indoctrination. I've gone through this before from some of the guys who set the system up a long time ago. And, in fact, they set up the system we're going into right now uh, in this part of the century, the century of change, where the whole global society, the redistribution of all wealth, the taking down of first world nations, the bringing up a little bit of third world after depopulation. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. The matrix is the system you're born into, which you take for granted, and you do what everyone else is doing because you've all been trained to do the same things, talk about the same things, wear the same things, and behave the same way. It's all given to you, and most folk like to belong to the crowd. They don't like to stand out. They don't like to be themselves. And remember, too, the United Nations said itself that individuality is their prime enemy. They don't like that at all, being an individual. It's not good for communitarianism. It's not good for obedience. And uh, what may one person who thinks for themselves can, can rile up a whole group of people who've never really thought about things before. It's that simple, isn't it? And control is nothing new in the world. Thousands of years have gone by and maybe even longer, who knows, maybe into the millions for all we really know. But man's been the most studied creature on the planet, and they understood thousands of years ago, definitely, because they wrote about it copiously, how easy it was to control millions of people in a country, for instance. And now, of course, we're going into the global system, and they destroy the old cultures to bring in this this kind of new mishmash of, of nothingness, really. But obedience and hedonism too, by the way, because that's what Bertrand Russell said we shall create back in the 40s and 50s. He says we shall make the people hedonistic and uh, narcissistic so they won't care about others. The, the world will revolve, revolve around them, and that's what they've given us, really. All part of a long-term plan. But I'm going to read some quotes here tonight. Too. I've read before quite a few times over the years from the top people some of the top people at the IPCC uh, and uh, the other big groups are pushing for global warming, something must be done, and carbon credits and all the rest of it. Remember, the Club of Rome dreamed it up themselves, and they admitted it in their book, The First Global Revolution. They came up with the idea. They were given the task of finding a new threat so that the whole world would do what it was told and go along with the agenda. And they said that uh, global warming would fit the bill. That's in their own book. And looking for a new enemy, we looked around, etc., etc., and we thought that global warming would fit the bill. Now they just call it climate change. That way they can go hot or cold, whichever way they want. And it's amazing, too, you see, your life is so short that you think that uh, most folk can't remember a year, two years ago what the weather was like. It's, it's astonishing, isn't it? Anything you take for granted can be manipulated factually by those who know how to do it. Very, very easy thing to do. And, of course, if it's said with authority, an authority figure, we buckle under, again, something the elite have always known. 
But here's a, a science here. It was a New World Order report. I've seen it in other ones too. Here's what one of these guys said. The data doesn't matter. The climate data does not matter. We're not basing our recommendations on the data. We're basing them on the climate models, on the computers. So the data didn't matter. Like that guy I mentioned yesterday who went across the whole world measuring the sea levels and said it's bunkum. It isn't rising at all. So there's the, the factual testing as opposed to the, to the computer models, you see. But that was said anyway by Professor Chris Folland, the Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research. It's a nice branch of voodoo for up-and-coming students and so on. Um, the models are convenient fictions that provide something very useful. That was Dr. David Frame, the climate modeler of Oxford University. So the convenient fictions that provide something very useful. Very useful is the, is the theme across the whole world that, oh, disasters are coming. And we obey and we pay up carbon taxes and watch everything rise up in prices and so on. And watch the fat cats get fatter at the top, of course, the guys who rake in the carbon credits. And then we have, it doesn't matter what is true, it only matters what people believe is true. And that was Paul Watson, the co-founder of Greenpeace. And isn't that the matter? Isn't that really true itself, isn't it? He didn't say a lie. It doesn't matter what's true, it only matters what people believe is true. So you give them their beliefs. Unless we announce disasters, no one will listen. That was Sir Hugh Houghton, the first chairman of the IPCC. Remember, these people are all eugenicists. They believe in vast reductions of the population. And this is why they came up with this one. You know, to, to, to. See, wars are going to go out of fashion eventually and in a global society. So they've got to use terrorism. And eventually that branches off into enviroterrorism. And if you, if you spill something in your back garden inadvertently, uh, in come the SWAT teams and, whoa, you know, you're really for it then. And here's another, art, another statement here. No matter if the science of global warming is all phony, no matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. That was Christine Stewart, who was a former Canadian Minister of the Environment for the government. And then the Club of Rome, they said, The common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. That would fit the bill. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, that would fit the bill. All these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy, then, is humanity itself. So they got what exactly what they wanted. But mind you, too, though, they don't put themselves in those categories that should be culled off. And Alexander King, who co-founded the Club of Rome, and that's a top think tank for the, for the United Nations, in his book, the 1991, uh, The First Global Revolution, he says, we need to get some broad-based support to capture the public's imagination, so we have to offer up scary scenarios, make simplified dramatic statements, and make little mention of any doubts. Each of us has the, to decide what the right balance is between being effective and being honest. So lying is being effective as opposed to being honest, you see. That was Professor Stephen Schneider, Stanford Professor of Biology and Global Change. 
uh, Schneider was amongst the earliest and most vocal proponents of man-made global warming and a leader author of many IPCC reports. He makes his bread and butter off pushing out this nonsense for his masters. And he's a member, too, of the Club of Rome. Then it's got, we've got to ride this global warming issue. Even if the theory of global warming is wrong, we will be doing the right thing in terms of economic and environmental policy. Timothy Worth, president of the UN Foundation and member of the Club of Rome. Quite something, isn't it? Isn't it? Eh? And then what did Maurice Strong say? Mr. Maurice Strong, the big Rockefeller man, UN top man, World Bank executive, all the rest of it, you know. It says, isn't the only hope for the planet that the industrialized civilizations collapse? Well, aren't they? Aren't they now, folks? You know, it was planned a long time ago. That's why they took all your industry out. Isn't it our responsibility? Isn't it our responsibility? Who's he talking about? His little cabal, you see, to bring that about. The Earth Summit will play an important role in reforming and strengthening the United Nations as the centerpiece of the emerging system of democratic global governance. Remember, too, it's all, it's all intertwined with the CFR, Royal Institute of International Affairs, who set up the UN in the first place. And then get all the countries to sign treaties, to sign away your sovereignties over everything. Then he says, too, the concept of national sovereignty has been an immutable and indeed sacred principle of international relations. It is a principle which will yield only slowly and reluctantly to the new imperatives of global environmental cooperation. It is simply not feasible for sovereignty to be exercised unilaterally by individual nation-states, however powerful the global community must be assured of environmental security. What he means is reducing you to a state of poverty, folks. That's what they mean, minimalistic living, survival living only. And that was Maurice Strong, as I say. And um, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, Gorbachev's in here as well with his little statements. You know, we're on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is... No, that was actually Rockefeller. David Rockefeller said that. On the verge of global transformation, all we need is the right major crisis and the nations will accept the new world order. These are all statements that came out of major media and the meetings that these guys took part in. Just to always put things back in perspective, you've got to go over this stuff again and again. Because, as I said at the time, if Jesus Christ himself came down, or the old Yahweh, or anybody else for that matter, they'd have to nuke them because they're not going to change their plans. You don't set plans 50 to 100 years in advance and let some rabble-rouser take over, you know, and upset them. They don't do that. And they're going rampantly ahead. You know, all these programs on television, I don't watch television, but people email me all the time about this channel, of showing what that channel is showing. I mentioned um, a BBC4 radio show where they brought eugenics up to the fore by a high chutzpah in the eugenics field, an authorized one, uh, for the crown, basically, you might say, uh, in so many words. And they openly discussed, you, you, you know, sterilizing the unfit, the same old stuff they were doing at the beginning of this, the 20th century with the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, which never stopped, by the way, in Cold Springs. But this article here uh, is about the Cargill and Gates Foundation. Remember, it's through foundations that bypass governments and then eventually make partnerships with governments because they're told to. And so are the governments. They're told to by the guys who own the foundations and the governments. (laughs) 
So the Gates Foundation Cargill paper, it says, September 2010. It's the 1st of September. And you can download this whole paper, as they call it here, a PDF form. Soya, they're going to Soya big time for Africa, you see. And it's Gates Foundation Cargill paper project. Uh, the soil models uh, implies a war against the population, the emptying of the countryside, and the elimination of a collective memory in order to shoehorn people into towns and convert them into faithful consumers of whatever the market provides. The impacts of this model go beyond the borders of the new soya republics. The dehumanization of agriculture and the depopulation uh, of rural areas for the benefit of the corporations is increasing in the north and in the south. That was Javiera Ruli in United Soya Republics, the truth and about soya production in Latin America. But they're going into Africa big time now. And I'll touch on soya and what it does to you, because it bioengineers you into picking flowers if you're a guy. Back with more after these messages. Folks, I am back and we're cutting through the matrix. Talk about soya too. One of the many things of, of, that were weaponized a long time ago, and I mean weaponized. If you want to take down populations and bring and bring down the populations, and remember too, Rockefeller and one of their partnerships recently released a report that, that called for for um, it was rapid depopulation as opposed to the slow takedown of sterilization. Rapid depopulation they called for. And remember, these philanthropists like the Gates and all the rest of it are in with Oprah and all the other philanthropists, you see. Uh, they're banded together, put incredible sums of money which they float on the stock market into their green projects, which happen to be aimed mainly at third world countries, and it's all to bring down their fertility rates. That's their main concern. That was, that was mentioned at, the, at some of the meetings they had in the States, uh, the same club, you see, the Gates and Oprah and all the rest of them. Uh, Overpopulation was their biggest concern. Here they are into other fields, supposedly to, get, to be made superstars and get big followings. And once they've made them superstars, they come out with a political agenda that's always the same agenda. Isn't that a coincidence? Eh? Hmm? Anyway, Soya. And here's a, from an article when the mainstream media eventually started to pick it up. They ignored reports for years. Uh, this is from Sunday, the 7th of November, 2004, from The Observer. It says, On a clear winter morning in Belfast, Dr. Lorraine Anderson was nearing the end of her doctorate research project. She spent weeks hunched over the microscope looking at samples of sperm. But whatever turns you on, I guess. Anderson was trying to figure out what made some sperm move slower than others. As a specialist in reproductive medicine at Belfast Royal Maternity Hospital, she was particularly interested in why some samples moved so sluggishly that they would have trouble reaching the fertilized and fertilizing an egg. It says she knew that a sperm's motility, as they call it, that's, your, that's how its movement can move, was one of the critical factors in fertility. It doesn't matter how many sperm a man's got. If they can't get from A to B, there's little chance of reproduction, she says. And remember, too, that's the same for bisphenol A. That also does it. It's in all your plastics and your water and all the rest of it. Massive attack going on for years. Anyway, Anderson's eureka moment arrived when a complex analysis of the samples she was working on revealed that the seminal liquid surrounding the slower-moving sperm contained chemicals called isoflavones. 
These compounds are also known as phytoestrogens or plant estrogens. They're estrogen, synthetic estrogens, because they mimic estrogen, the powerful female hormone. Remember they made a big push, oh, God, eat soya, it's better for your health, blah, blah, blah. Well, from their point of view, the top it was, we'd all start getting sterilized, and that was better for our health, according to them. These highly active compounds are found in large concentrations of soya. Indeed, such are the doses of these chemicals. A woman drinking two glasses of soya milk a day over the course of a month will see the timing of her menstrual cycle alter. It's been estimated that infants who are fed soya formula exclusively receive an amount of estrogen equivalent to five birth control pills every day. And you wonder why you have all these men's clubs about them. Charity men's clubs, eh? And lots of who, ones who don't really know. This is, this is war. You're un, this is all the effects of war. You're seeing the fallout of a planned long-term war. Since for a glowing number of scientists, the question is this, if such a strong biologically active compound is found in soya, what is its effect on humans regularly eating or drinking products made from the bean? Well, you ask the guys who designed it, because it was designed to do exactly what it's done, you see. Now, the thing is, too, the food industry has packed everything with soya as a kind of filter, a bulk thing. And since it's wasting no time in extolling soya's alleged health benefits, or oh, it's healthy for you, according to the food industry, claiming it can lower cholesterol, help uh, with menopause system, ward off osteoporosis, and even reduce the risk of some cancers. Utter rubbish. Unfounded rubbish. However, aside from research linking soya to reduce male fertility, studies now link the, the phytoestrogens found in the plant to an increased risk of other types of cancer. It's also been claimed that it damages brain function in men. Isn't that awfully handy? The brain function in men is... is, Who's the big target when it comes to fighting back against something? Men. I've told you this for years. (laughs) So... And it says, it's, and it's also causing hidden developmental abnormalities in infants. Some even attribute early onset of puberty in Western women to the spread of soya in diets. So the research shows that more soya a man eats, she believes the more difficulty he will have in fertilizing an egg. The fastest growing industry in the West, and has been for years, are fertility clinics. They can't conceive because the men's sperm has been under warfare, and that's that. But it's not just that. They had different uh, tracks for different folks, you might say. Because in Africa, big, apart from the AIDS and all the rest of it that suddenly broke out after the UN inoculations were across there, you, you find that um, you have different things that try in Africa, different um, plants, for instance. Cotton seed was one of them. And from that particular plant as well, they found it has the same effect as soya. It kills off the sperm, destroys it, and so on. But it also might cause damage to the brain. So it's awfully handy. Awfully, awfully handy. People will never forget that you're really living under warfare. And if you want to eat stacks of soya, just go for fast foods. It's packed with it as a filler. Even the pills that you take, even a lot of the healthcare pills, use, use soya flour as the bulk of it. To bulk it up. It's in everything. But folk love their fast food. It's like everything else. It's so convenient, eh? Back with more after these messages.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. It's astonishing really that uh, when people wake up, they, they, can't, um, they freak out actually if they do start to wake up. First it starts with the suspicion something's wrong, and then they might take something personally. More oh, that stuff might kill me, I better not eat it. Then, then they chat to others, and of course that leads to other things that are happening in the world. And some of them get petrified, utterly petrified. Other ones start buying more health stuff to try and stay alive forever. It's astonishing how people, different people react to the bad news. Because you're under warfare. We, what do you think government is? And what do you think governance is? What do you think governance is? There's never been a time in history where government served the people. It's never happened. It's never happened. If it happened for a day after a revolution, believe you me, it didn't last very long. Because the same sharks are right in there. And then you go and use the same system of money and all the rest of it they used before with the same guys in charge, and bingo, you're back to square one again. People can't think their way out of it at all. Because to do anything at all, you'd have to literally stop all the system that's over you right now. You'd have to stop it in its tracks. And literally go through a period of chaos as everything was reasserted in a different fashion. So everyone can bitch as much as they want and complain and yell. doesn't change it. They're rampaging ahead all the time. Very blatantly now, too. Now, I mentioned that this character before uh, is uh, the director of the University's uh, Prevention Research Center uh, at, uh, I think it's Yale University, uh, David Katz. David Katz, a real, a real scratchy guy. You don't want to get near him. But he's, he's on about overpopulation. This is his thing, you see. There's paid to do that. Remember, academia is a big part of governance today and to bring about the century of change that we're living through right now. They get paid big bucks to... Mind you, too, the big foundation guys put guys like this in there with, along with their grants. You know, they suggest who should be professors and what they should teach. So anyway, overpopulation, nine billion things to talk about, he says. And he says, any gardener knows that to solve a weedy problem, you've got to get at its roots. We in preventative medicine know that too, or certainly should. Our eyes were opened in this enlightened thinking by McGuinness and Foig in 1993. And they give you the usual stuff. Oh, this, this can cause premature death and disease and so on, smoking, yada, 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 like an exercise. Then he's, of course, that's how they get you into, yeah, I guess that's true, I guess that's true. Then they lead into the next part. The evidence that they were right has only accumulated and accumulated since. I originally invoked this literature to note, note that feet, forks, and fingers are the master levers of medical destiny, as regular visitors here well know. Since viewed differently, bad use of feet, forks, and fingers are the major causes of chronic disease. But these are the proximal causes, not the root causes. The root cause is modern living. Everything about modern living that makes it modern, processed food, suburban sprawl, oh, they always bring the sprawl into the... the you know, I've heard that since the 60s. They hate sprawl, you know. Folk not living in the anthills they're supposed to be living in. They go out into urban areas and spread out. Labor-saving technology, mass media marketing is obesogenic 
and conducive to the insalubrious application of feet and forks. Anyway, he's, he's trying to combine this little comical thing into where he's really going. We'll, we'll get to it eventually after this. That's what these guys get paid for, prattling on like that, you see, conning into associations. Well, if this causes that, then this over here will cause that too, you see, or worse. So he goes on about eggs and, and the five million eggs that are supposed to have been recalled in the U.S. due to salmonella contamination. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe they were. Proximal causes have much to do with modern farming and food handling techniques and something to do with FDA resource limitations. But what about the root cause? And how about the drought in Russia leading to massive crop failures like they've never had droughts in Russia in history before? Hmm? Huh? <laughs> Inundation in Pakistan, which happens every year, leading to massive displacement of the population. Flooding in China, which happens every year too. And while we're at it, accelerated melting of the polar ice. There he goes again with the same rubbish that's been discredited so many times over. With ramifications we are still guessing at. So you know who, who he works for, the big boys, eh? It says, the root cause that connects it all is global population growth. Global population growth. So they went from that and bad fingers and all the rest of it to population growth as a cause of all the world's ills. Eh? This particular topic has something of a wins factor for me, father of five. Yeah, but you're special people, you know, you and breed, don't you? And you make sure that you know, it's the right eugenical background. Anyway, I'll carry on what he's saying here. But former drug users often make the best addiction counsellors and some of the top obesity experts struggle with their own weights. That would also mean that the best mass murderers make the best executioners for the government. So that was me tying that in by association as well. I suppose I can come clean about population pressures despite having done such a poor job of keeping my own genes to myself. He raises this issue because it's ominously absent from almost all discussion of global warming and climate change. Well, it's time they bring it in, isn't it? Let's bring it in, isn't it? Modern industrial agricultural practices and the propagation and transmission of both infectious and chronic disease. This is odd and worrisome. It suggests that uh, either obliviousness, fatalism or capitulation and none of these is good. So he goes on and on about possible changes and solutions and so on. He spoke at the Imagine Solutions Conference in Naples, Florida. And um, he spoke last year and his fellow speakers addressing the trials and tribulations of, of the world spoke about a rapid ascent towards a global population of 9 billion or more, even though it, it's falling like crazy, as we well know. From even the UN has to admit that every year in their statistics. Even though it was a driving force behind the problem, they went on to discuss depleting of the oceans, which is utter rubbish. And that was disproven again, as I say, with the article I read last night. But see, lies have to be repeated. Goebbels said that. You tell a lie, tell a big lie. It's going to be a whopper of a lie. You can't imagine people telling such whopper, massive lies. You can imagine telling little white lies. You see? But you can't imagine someone straight-faced giving you a whopper of a lie. And then he says, you've got to keep repeating it. You see? And that's what they do. It's very simple. These, these people are, are born liars with big bucks put in the right places by their masters. So they can try and convince us. Who, we are the victims of all, all, all he has want to do extermination to accept that we have to get exterminated. To understand the technique is quite simple. Blame the victims and get them to acquiesce and say, okay, I guess you should just kill me. You know? These are monsters at the top. 
monsters. It's all eugenics. The better gene types have to go through into the new system. Under Darwin, they can't bring the bad gene types through. That pulls down the elite types as they're trying to come through into the new system, the new world, you see. Understand now, it's quite simple. And no doubt one of his friends, no doubt one of his friends was the guy who held the hostages today in Washington. And this article is from Washington City Papers. It's quite something. It says, um, uh, The gunman takes hostages in Discovery Building, the Discovery Channel building, TV channel building. A guy's got a history of going after them, of course, because he's addicted to television, I guess. So a man with a gun marched into the lobby of the Discovery Channel's building in Silver Spring this afternoon, taking a small number of hostages, authorities say. Police have evacuated parts of the building. They actually shot him since then, by the way. This is the first article that came out. And blocked off several streets in downtown Silver Spring. Uh, authorities are now trying to get in touch with a gunman and figure out what he wants. And it was reported, of course, that James J. Lee, you knew when they printed this he was going to get killed because they always make sure there's three names when they, when they kill them. If there's going to wound them or something, it'd be just James Lee. Why that is, I don't know. They love that, this kind of stuff. Anyway, it says, two years ago, the alleged suspect was arrested after throwing thousands of dollars in the air at a protest outside Discovery and was ordered to stay 500 feet away from the building. About 1,900 people work in the building at Montgomery Council. Police say most of them have been evacuated. A small number of people were still held behind. And he made his demands. What were his demands, right? It's really interesting what his demands were. By the way, I'll put all these links up on my site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, at the end of the show. And you, you can look them up for yourself. Uh, it's quite interesting what his demands were. Because here were his demands. Now, this guy must be a, a friend of cats, you know, I'd imagine, because they're both of the same mentality. It says, Discovery Channel must broadcast to the world their commitment to save the planet and do the following immediately. Discovery Channel and its affiliate channels must have daily television programs at prime time slots based on Daniel Quinn's My Ishmael, pages 207 to 212, where solutions to save the planet would be done in the same way as Industrial Revolution was done by people building on each other's inventive ideas. Focus must be given on how people can live without giving birth to more filthy human children. That's his words since these new additions continue pollution and are pollution. He and Margaret Sanger would have gone well together if she'd been alive today. A game show format contest would be in order, perhaps also forums of leading scientists who understand and agree with the Malthus-Darwin science and the problem of, of human overpopulation. Do both. Do all until something works and the natural world starts improving and human civilization building stops and is reversed. That's exactly what Maurice Strong says, right? You demolish the, the first world countries. Make it interesting so people watch and apply solutions. Number two, all programs on Discovery Health TLC must stop encouraging the birth of any more parasitic human infants and the false heroics behind these actions. It's talking about welfare state. In those programs, places, programs encourages human sterilization and infer- infertility must be pushed. So the ones in- encouraging it. All former pro-birth programs must now be pushed in the direction of stopping human birth, not encouraging it. Number three, all programs promoting war technology behind those must cease. 
There's no sense in advertising weapons of mass destruction anymore. Instead, talk about ways to disassemble civilization and concentrate the message in finding solutions to solving global military mechanized conflict. This guy was out the loop, obviously. He's just too low down and simple, isn't he? He didn't know that, that, that those he admired at the top, like the Rockefellers and the Gates and all them, are already taking care of the overpopulation problem by killing and sterilizing the people and killing them with diseases that keep releasing out there and put them in inoculations. They're already doing that in a more, hum- more humane fashion. You don't have to take up hostages and, and blow them up to make a statement. You just need to go, go to global meetings if you can get the proper entrance cards to get into them. You see? That means you've been vetted, well vetted, that you'll keep your mouth shut about what they plan to do. So anyway, that, that's what it, and of course, civilization, he says, must be exposed for the filth it is, that and all its disgusting religious cultural roots. And greed, oh, this guy would have been a good, if he had more brains, he could have got near the top there and been on Obama's panel of scientists, along with Holdren, who also thought the same things, you know. But there you go, they ended up shooting them. And, um, and it's, isn't it amazing it's coming out where all these eugenicists are coming out pushing for the same thing? In a more humane way, you know, just to sterilize the poor souls. They'll never know or give them diseases. They won't know about it. And we don't teach the doctors either how these diseases originate. It's all been taken care of. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It won't last that long, the way things are going. And the big five agribusinesses are making sure you're getting all the poisons and the estrogen in your food, too. You see, that's part of the military-industrial complex. In tandem with the Gates Foundation and all the other big foundations... It's all been taken care of. You don't have to go out taking hostages, for goodness sake. How silly can you be, eh? So I'll put these links up too, and it's also his Facebook one as well. His little tree-hugging thing is quite something. And talking about tree-huggers, isn't it amazing? You know, voodoo science. Everything's based on this voodoo science because they've got to have a lie, and they've got to try and justify the lie. There's an old myth that the Catholic Church once had a meeting uh, where they talked about how many angels could sit in the top of, uh, or stand on the top of a pin, the head of a pin. And it was a myth. But we live in, in reality where they do this kind of stuff. And this article is one of them. And it's Politics AP. It says, From Outer Space, A New Dilemma for Old Growth Forests. Washington, a new study using laser pulses shot from satellites, oh, that's high tech, I'm impressed already, has found that the world's tallest forests are those along the Pacific Northwest coast. Who'd have thunk, eh? Though these findings shouldn't shock anyone who grew up in the region, they offer another indication of how important these ancient trees eventually could become. The temperate forests of Douglas fir, western hemlock, redwoods and sequoias that stretch from northern California into British Columbia which had an average height of more than 131 feet. Then you scroll down, you see. It says, As scientists try to unravel the mystery of missing carbon, see, they're missing carbon in their, in their computer equations here, increasing attention is focused on the trees. 15% to 30% of the 7 billion tons of carbon, they just know exactly what all this invisible stuff weighs, you know. Uh, that they are released globally every year is unaccounted for, and government scientists are they're saying, where's it gone? Three billion tons remain in the atmosphere, and the oceans absorb two billion tons. It's amazing how they're so perfect with the computers, eh? which is all bunkum. Vegetation, including the forest, probably absorbs the remaining one to two billion tons, probably, that's good science, but no one knows for sure how much and where. 
Scientists suspect that the forests with the biggest trees store the most carbon, and the northwest forests are probably among the largest carbon sinks in the world. However, they also say that while slower-growing older trees store more carbon, younger trees also absorb more carbon as they grow rapidly. So here's a voodoo debate. And should you start killing off, culling? It's eugenics for trees now. They're moving into everything. And uh, they kill off the old trees first, you see, to let the young ones come up and, and grab more carbon. And, and this, this theory that they're not even sure of, <laughs> that's good enough, though, isn't it? It's a hot topic, said Aline O'Neill, a research scientist at the University of Washington School of Forest Resources. What's well, her job? She gets paid for this stuff. And the executive director of a consortium that's been studying the issue. I bet they are, because you'll get all the lumber out of it. We can't afford a one-size-fits-all solution. We can't lock it all up, and it's not feasible to cut it all for two-by-fours. Ongoing studies using satellites and lasers may provide valuable information how fast the forests are growing and how much carbon they store. So there you are, eh? Kill off the old ones first, just like we're doing here. Only they're sterilizing the young and killing off the old. Mind you, they're killing off the ones in between who are having a great old time as, as, as they start to get sick, you see. But that's the world you live in, folks. And I say, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Just keep prattling and, and yelling. Do you realize that government is so incredibly huge and altered today, you have no access to it? You have no access to the levels and layers of the supra-government in any country. Never mind the international body that runs it too. You have no recourse to them at all. You can't get to see them or talk to them. All the decisions are made way, way, way up on high by people you, you seldom ever hear of and often never. And yet, what do you get voting time? They say, oh, do you want, do you want these same guys back in again? They just crashed the economy. Well, let's get the, the, the right wing in. Let's get the left wing in. Let's get, let's get, let's get. Jobs, 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 welfare, state, health. That's what we get told. They're killing you all, folks. You want to keep the same system? It's up to you. Back with more after this break. Again, just talking about the, the wonderful war that's been raised upon humanity. Most of people have been oblivious, and generations have been oblivious. It's been going on for an awful long time. They really believe that uh, one person at the head of government runs the whole show, and then you blame them and kick them out at the next election, and you bring in the, the, the new bunch in that you're kind of hopeful for, that's going to be nice to you, and leave you some, with some cash, and just leave things as they are. It doesn't happen, because it's not meant to happen, because of the showmen that get picked for this kind of job as presidents and prime ministers. But here's an article here, and I don't have the link to it. However, it was sent to me by someone in South Africa, and um, it's about Western Nigeria, the article. It says, Sex hormones and biochemical profiles of male gossipol users in southwestern Nigeria. This is the stuff they get from this uh, particular, I think it's a cotton weed, but it, again, um, cuts the motility of the sperm there. And the UN pushed it, you see, because, and they gave grants to the, to the, with along with the foundations to these universities, including this college here. It's, um, Department of Chemical Pathology, Immunology, College of Health Sciences. I think it's Nyam Azikiwe University. And, uh, they, they gave them out to put in their cooking oil, to make cooking oil out of it that would sterilize the males. 
This is the official one for the government, by the way, and for the UN. So the study was designed to evaluate the effects of gossipol administration on sex hormones and biochemical parameters of male subjects. 12 male subjects receiving 20 milligrams daily of gossipol at the Family Planning Clinic of University College Hospital, Ibadan, were studied. Blood samples collected from the subjects before at 16 weeks and 28 weeks and so on. And it tells you how it just, just plummeted. And some of it, by the way, even when they got off of it, were permanently sterile. You see? This is stuff, this stuff was known about in 1920, I think it was, what it did to the males. So you have these big, big companies, these big uh, GM companies make this stuff even more um, strong. They make it strong in all the GM foods that they shove out there. Same with the, with the, with the soya, etc. So this has been an ongoing war and the people haven't had a clue it was even happening. Yeah, what do you do? Well, how do you bring humanity down? They need, what do they need? They need water, they need food. Very basic. The ancients knew this stuff. So what you do, you attack them through their water and their food. Very easy, very simplistic reasoning. It's never failed in the past. Why would it fail now? See, this, this idiot went off and got his hostages to get publicity, to kill off the, these, these awfully terrible, useless weeds, their children, he calls them. Didn't realize that his big bosses are already killing us all off. The silly, silly fool, eh? And it's always the fringe groups you see they get stirred up with all the massive propaganda that go off and do these weird things. Remember that couple that killed themselves and their children because the the future of a global warming and mayhem and climate change was too much for them, they killed themselves? You think propaganda doesn't work and it's the fringes that go off the rails first. Often they use the fringe groups too. The big foundations use them for riots and stuff. Then the government comes out and says, oh, the people have demanded, we better pass a law. (laughs) <laughs> That's how it works, see? So, this article is excellent, too, to show what's been done to the Africans. It's the cheapest oil for cooking, of course, you can get over there. And it's sterilizing the guys. has the same problems with the brain and so on. So it conquers two functions. They won't become violent and fight for their rights. And they'll be sterile at the same time. Long-term warfare. That's the real world, folks. It's the real world. We can do yell about it or take your chances and get something new. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.